Hello and welcome to the CDO Magazine interview series. I'm Aditha Karkera, Chief Data Officer of the Government and Public Services Practice with Deloitte. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Eileen Vidreen, Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer with the Department of the Air Force and a long-term friend and industry colleague. Eileen, welcome to the show. Thank you for including me today. I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited to proceed on with our conversation today, Eileen. You have so many different interesting projects and happenings around you. I'm just ready to go into the conversation, but but first, maybe if we could start off with you just telling us a little bit more about how your role is situated in the Department of the Air Force, uh, a little bit about your roles and responsibilities, that would be a great start for the audience. Well, I like to tell, tell people that um, I'm honored to serve as a Chief Data and AI Officer for the Department of the Air Force, which is today two military services in a single department. So we have United States Air Force and United States Space Force. Um, but we didn't start there. We, we were actually a, a true startup and a very mature organization. And uh, we the senior leadership invested in the establishment of a chief data office. And that was before the foundations of evidence-based policy make policymaking act was signed into uh, law. And so year one, we were a startup. And then year two, we had this new law that really had new responsibilities that we were accountable for. And then we, my team and I, we matured because then we were year three, we're, we were a new military department with two services. So um, we, we had Air Force and Space Force. And then uh, last year, we added AI to our portfolio, and I was out on uh, detail as a senior advisor to the uh, federal CIO, and an amazing citizen airman, Major General John Olson, actually sat in the seat for, and actually started uh, really integrating AI into the into our portfolio. And it absolutely made sense because when people talk about the AI journey, they talk about 80 plus percent of the work is having great, amazing data. And so it made sense to bring these two capabilities into onto one leadership model to really accelerate change moving forward. Aline, thank you for that background. Um, I'm curious, uh, now with your expanded portfolio of not just data, but also AI, what are some of your strategic priorities or strategic focus areas that your office is um, uh, focused on? Well, when you, when you talk to members of my team, we talk about being AI ready by 2025 and AI competitive no later than 2027. But in order to really get there, the team is laser focused on writing that, that roadmap with measurable outcomes. And they're really aligned under some critical strategic priorities. The first one is operationalizing data and AI for information and decision advantage. The second one is increasing data savvy and data-centric workforce and culture to support data and AI initiatives, um, expand our partnerships across the Department of the Air Force to, with DOD, with um, into other government agencies, industry, academe, really thinking about data and AI as being team sports and doing that real true collaboration so that we can all go move forward um, quickly. 
advancing the Department of the Air Force to be that AI-ready, AI-competitive uh, roadmap, and then lead responsible AI and ethical considerations for our department um, defense mission systems and programs, because a responsible AI is a critical element when we talk about AI right now. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so you mentioned a couple of different things that caught my attention, Ali, and I know I uh, love your focus on uh, data readiness and preparedness. As you get ready for being AI ready by 2025 and AI competitive by 2027. Now, as you pointed out several times in your talks and other discussions that AI is as good as the quality of data getting into those algorithms and those uh, AI powered platforms. And add to that the complexities that you're probably dealing with the enormous amount of data that the Department of the Air Force has, the security compliance requirements around it. Can you talk a little bit about how the Department of the Air Force is managing data quality and managing data governance overall? Well, um, we we when we first stood up, we set up a uh, a a data governance board. We had to uh, mature it when we became a military department with two services, um, Air Force and Space Force, because we had to make sure that there were equities um, on both sides and that we were working together. But as we move forward, we like to use the principles Vaultus, visible, accessible, understandable, linked, trustworthy, interoperable, and secure. I know that's a lot, but those are really the principal guidance from the DOD data strategy. Um, and I think they're, they're also components that each and every airman and guardian can um, point to and think about as they're working in this field. That when we look at data governance, data governance starts at the tactical level and begins with individual responsibilities and migrates up. So at every level of the organization, data governance needs to happen as an enterprise. And so when I look at the work that we've been doing, it's really about starting at that tactical edge and scaling up. And it takes every airman and guardian to, to make that happen. Right now, one of our teams, our uh, our data uh, services team is actually doing a soft launch of a metadata um, tagging pilot. And so we're trying to automate some of the governance structures as much as possible so that we can accelerate some of that, um, I would say time consuming work moving forward, but really important work. And so I know that I we have colleagues out there in the field where uh, tagging and cataloging can um, is an is a necessary part of governance so that you have visible, accessible, trustworthy data. And when you can add automation into the solution, you can actually use your workforce for the more impactful strategic initiatives moving forward. So we're really on a journey to mature out governance as quickly as possible. Um, and really doing it at from the tactical edge to the core business systems. Aline, thank you for walking us through your data governance setup uh, in the Department of the Air Force just now. And I love your focus on how you're trying to get more and more automated. So your airmen and your team is now focused on areas where they need more of a human interception. Um, as you're talking about data governance and leveraging AI more and more, 
data sharing continues to come up as a critical topic. Uh, how are you dealing with data sharing, not only within the DOD, but outside the DOD as you are uh, looking to collaborate with other agencies and departments? Well, I think that collaboration piece is really important because when we do missions, many times we're doing those missions with our colleagues from other military departments and beyond, whether it's academe, industry, and even um, to our uh, coalition partners. So how we share data is really important to our mission space. And I think a critical piece of that is data sharing at what I called at the speed of mission. And so when we talk about data sharing agreements, now we're talking about not just data sharing agreements, but dual use agreements. Um, is it possible to be forward thinking to anticipate future needs so that when we're, we're doing data sharing agreements, we are forward thinking so that they're ready at the speed of mission at the point of time when we need to move forward. And we've been able, we've, I would also say that it's important to look at open data. And so that's where I look at our colleagues at the MIT AI Accelerator. So the Department of the Air Force has airmen and guardians working side by side with some of our nation's top AI researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And we call that partnership our Department of the Air Force MIT AI Accelerator. And there we actually have challenges. So we'll take open data sets and the first datathon um, or challenge was the C-17 puck scheduler where we took a highly manual business process and we brought airmen and guardians together to um, in a competition format. And the solution or that or the winner of our first datathon uh, delivered a minimum viable product in three days with a 92% accuracy. Today we have we continue to scale out those um, challenges. So at um, aia.mit.edu slash challenges, you'll find the current challenges that are going on. And they're in different mission areas, whether it's weather or uh, climate change, but it gives um, industry and academe and really the, the American public an opportunity to be part of the solution. So we have open data sets and problem or challenge areas and we run these um, these events periodically. Just recently, last week, we wrapped what we call CogPilot 2.0. And CogPilot 2.0 was a challenge focused on pilot training optimization. And that particular um, challenge included not just airmen and guardian, but industry, academe, and even uh, one of our foreign, um, foreign uh, partners. So um, it's really about us working together to optimize solutions. And it's a place where our, our colleagues could potentially participate. So it's not just about data sharing, but open data too. 
I really do appreciate that comment so much, Ali, and you uh, data sharing at the speed of mission, but also getting in the angle of open data and collaborating with not just academia, but industry to gamify this and get some more crowdsourcing in as we figure out solutions to these problems. So love that angle of it. Earlier in the conversation, as you were defining your strategic priorities for CDAO, you mentioned creating a data savvy workforce. I know that's a topic that you've been really passionate about. Would you like to share a few of your um, initiatives around how you're taking that forward? Well, you can have great data and you can have great technology, but I truly believe that our most valuable resource is our, our people, our team. And we're all industry, academe, uh, nonprofits, and the and our organization at the Department of the Air Force, we're all in uh, fierce competition for the best talent. And so it's really about taking what I call a multi-pronged approach for a multi-generational workforce. So um, on for our military, because we think total force, military civilian, active guard reserve, on the military side, today we have cadets at the United States Air Force Academy studying, majoring in data science, and they'll go into all mission areas, uh, personnel, logistics, um, space, cyberspace, um, intel, intel, et cetera. And when they finish, when they finish school, uh, that will help accelerate change, building that baseline from a military perspective. But we also have internship programs and Pathfinder programs uh, to actually bring in uh, workforce right out of college. And those uh, those recent graduates, we rotate them um, across various mission areas so that they don't just work on one team for the for their first three years in the federal space or in the Department of the Air Forces space, they they work across various missionaries because we want them to see our the whole ecosystem. Um, but it's not just about bringing great talent in; it's also about upskilling our current talent. So we uh, partnered with the Air Force Institute of Technology today, military and civilians. Um, can upscale themselves by uh, taking either online graduate certificate programs in uh, data analysis and, and, or actually get a master's of science through AFIT to um, continue that journey. That And that's on the military side, that's enlisted and officer. Uh, so we're at all levels of people really building that data acumen. So you're taking it from tactical to strategic. And so it's not one thing, it's multiple things. You add a, a challenge, an MIT AI accelerator challenge or two, it just gives you that hands-on experience to the academic experience. And so I love that conversation. And then we also do short, short items such as our Innovation Connect series, where once a month we bring um, industry, academic and uh, Department of the Air Force uh, leaders to share their lessons learned with all of our airmen and guardians across. So it's not one thing, it's about taking that multi-pronged approach so that we can just start and scale. Aline, when do you sleep? <laughs> you have so much going on and such exciting projects. So 
Um, I love all your initiatives that you talked about around creating your data savvy workforce. But one thing I really want to call out again is your comment that you are uh, open for internships and that you all are hiring out of colleges. Because that's a question that we get often is how do we get engaged in the federal government? Is there room for me in the federal government? And you just saying that out there, I think is uh, great for some of our younger generations to hear that, yes, you do have a possibility to enter the federal government workforce. So thank you so much for highlighting that. Um, Aline, you started your government career in 1986 as an enlisted member of the US Army. And then you were commissioned uh, in 1987 through the US Army Officer Candidate School Program as a US Army Transportation Officer. From 1986 to now in uh, 2022, when you were honored as Wilda's Women Leader of the Year last year, which is the Women Leaders in Data and AI, Women Leader of the Year, uh, it's been a fantastic journey. So I, I gotta pause and ask, what keeps you going? What motivates you? Well, I think that working with Airmen and Guardian every day, um, it's an honor to do this work, impactful work. Um, so I really think that when you find something that you love to do and you get to work with amazing people every single day and the work that you're doing has impact, I think that is, you know, extremely rewarding. And this is emerging tech. It is changing every single day. So, and because it's changing, you always have this opportunity to learn new things. And I think that part of my core DNA is that I'm curious. I love to learn new things. And these types of opportunities have really brought the opportunity for me to serve um, and also um, just really be curious and um, I think that partnership has really helped me evolve, but I would also say that um, the opportunities um, that I've had has been because I've had great mentors and coaches along the way. I wouldn't be here where I am today if I didn't have great mentors and coaches that have encouraged me to be bold and intentional and just just put your put your name in the hat. Um, and, and if you think about the AI field today in North America, less than about 20%, I would have to, I'm a numbers person, so I would want to verify the number, but about 20% of North American positions in AI today are, are filled by women. I think that can change. We have, so, there's so much potential there. And, and so I think that, there's just so many opportunities as we look forward. Um, you have to, you know, put your name in the hat, be, you know, be bold, be intentional and, and don't down select yourself out. Um, and I think that's what I tell some of uh, my, my young mentees today is you can't get an opportunity if you don't stay current in your field and you can't get an opportunity sometimes if you don't volunteer to be considered. So I think that those are some of the items or, or points that I would tell somebody coming into the field. So much opportunity, but you gotta you gotta step up. Yeah. What great advice. Be curious, never stop learning, be bold, be intentional. 
Thank you so much for sharing your perspectives, your experiences, and your thoughts with the audience today. I know I'm walking away feeling inspired and uh, really motivated right now. Uh, so hope to continue on with the conversation, Aline, at some other point. And for the audience, please continue to visit cdomagazine.tech for additional interviews. Thank you, Aileen. Thank you for including me today. I really appreciate data and AI, our team sports.